0: Yeah, yeah, Sedano and LZ with you here. Thanks to Key for joining us there. Clint Yates joins us in about 10 minutes. Alex Rodriguez, A-Rod at 6 o'clock. And Mac, our buddy Mark Anthony K of the LAFC at 6.30. We do our picks against the spread this week as well. Uh, Bergman, did the callers who compete against us, did any of them uh, win this week? No, no. The winner this week was
1: me. So, my oh, wow! is
0: have been 43. You, you had lost a couple of weeks in a row.
1: I did, but I did win this week, so the callers are not there. We'll have to get a new caller that's going to win a new Corona cooler.
2: Wait, so hold, the, up, hold up one second. So, yeah. Greg, yep. you won last week? I did. And who did the tally? <laughs> I did. Oh, okay. Right. okay. I,
1: I lost the last couple of weeks. Did you? I did. Did
2: you, did you finish last?
1: Uh, I finished last two weeks ago. Okay. And I came in, I think, last in... Laura came in last last week.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm watching you. Mm-hmm. What What are the
0: standings for those that uh, want to know? Like, uh, uh, because have- basically,
2: let me explain
0: what we do here while you figure that out. Uh, in the last segment of the show, in theory, we do it on Thursdays, but um, or even Wednesdays sometimes. Mm-hmm. But we are doing no. we do picks against the spread, and every week we pick the Rams Chargers Raiders game, and then we add two more games. Uh, uh, you know, de jour, right? The games of the week, basically. And uh, here's how we do it. So we pick each game, and since there's five games, we assign a confidence vote to it. The game we're most confident in, in picking against the spread, we assign a five. The game we're least confident in, we assign a one, and so on and so forth in between. So a caller gets to play with us every week, and the person who gets to play automatically already wins something. We give away a cooler each week, a Corona cooler, with a value of $200. It's like a really nice cooler. And then if they win, they he- they get to come back and compete against us and another caller. So that's how it usually works. But this week, no more callers. We've only had one caller win uh, so far this season. So we'll be doing that at around 6:40 today.
1: And caller Craig was the one that won last week, and he came in second with nine points, and I barely beat him out with. 10. Look at that, Craig! So he was Man, close. That guy should yeah? go.
0: Be- that guy should bet on games in Vegas or something. Um, right now, Laura. Uh, before we get back to the Dodgers, real quick, because Clinton's going to join us. Um, <laughs> You know, President Obama uh, was on the campaign trail yesterday because the big debate is today, LZ. Yes, and uh, Barry. Yes, and um, he was asked a question randomly in one of these uh, town halls he was doing in Philadelphia about basketball, and he was asked about Isaiah Thomas, and uh, Isaiah Thomas, the Detroit Piston, of course, the Hall of Famer, and, you know, President Obama's from Chicago. Isaiah Thomas is from Chicago, so he was asked about his uh, affinity for Isaiah Thomas being a Chicago guy. And here's what President Obama
3: said. Council, how old are you, man? I'm 36 now.
2: You're 36. You seem like an extraordinary young man. You may not be old enough to know that Bulls fans generally don't like Isaiah Thomas.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so.
0: Okay, first of all, super fake laugh by whoever the moderator was there. Uh, yeah. That was funny, but not that funny. Right. Uh, second of all... Uh, He then goes on to say to the young man who asked the question, "You know, did you not watch the Last Dance? Uh, You know, which it has been a rough year for Zeke, has it not? I mean, it's been a rough year for all of us, but I feel like Isaiah Thomas just taking you know arrows from everywhere.
2: He is taking arrows from everywhere because Jordan, right, right, like he's the dude, you know, he he is the man. This is his league still, and you know, I can't think of anyone else. I don't know if you can, George, in sports." who has been retired this long and still dominates from a retail perspective the way that he does. No. I just bought two new pairs of Jordans now. I bought a retro. (laughs) Yeah, so, I mean, you're always going to lose that battle, bro. But you know what I do like about Isaiah Thomas? What's that? Is that he sticks to his guns. He does. He does stick to his guns. He's just digging in and saying, nope. Yep. Uh, I think someone was – oh, it was Nick Wright from uh, FS1 was doing – uh, 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 why, you know, Jordan's not the goat kind of thing. Yeah. And Isaiah Thomas, because he can't stay out of it, tweeted, you know, facts or something right. like that. And yeah, was yeah. was like, yeah. just leave it alone, man. Yeah,
0: Well, it was a LeBron thing, right? He thinks LeBron is the best. He did say well, that. Well, LeBron
2: is, but that's another conversation.
0: LeBron is by – I think he's the most talented player I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, we've talked about this numerous times. we talked about this a lot during the finals, right? Like, he's built like Karl Malone. He's got the athleticism of Michael and Kobe, and he's got – uh, you know, the passing ability of Magic Johnson. Like,
2: come on, man. It's, it's it's a ridiculous combination that is really hard to quantify if you don't see it up close in personal life and see just how much bigger he is than everyone else and how there's hardly anyone, if anyone ever at all, is faster than him getting up and down the court. Yeah, It makes you ask yourself, how is this physically possible?
0: Yeah, it, you do ask yourself that, certainly. Um, Now, do you ask yourself about... We were talking a lot about the bullpen game today. And do you ask yourself you brought up a great point. It's the pitchers were being set up to fail, right? And and look, Roberts admitted that. Dave admitted that. It wasn't we're not making that up. We're not trying to be um, you know, disparaging here for the sake of being disparaging. I mean, Dave Roberts said after the game about Tony Gonsolin and Dustin May and asking them to do what they've been doing, it's a big ask to be quite frank, he says. These guys are in uncharted territory. Credit to them, they're not making excuses. They expect themselves to make pitches. It's different, certainly, but we still need those guys to get important outs Now it's going forward for us to win this thing. But, uh, LZ, look, here. here's my – and maybe I'm nitpicking – and and you can tell me, and I'm sure the audience can weigh in if they'd like as well, okay? Mm-hmm. 877-710-ESPN, eight seven 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 ten three seven seven six. 3776 I think there's one thing to ask that of a veteran player. I think to ask that of a young player, and, and they are, you know, babies, okay, those two.
2: Yep.
0: That's a bigger ask in my opinion, don't you think?
2: It's a huge ask, especially when you consider when they ask them to do these things. Right. You know, like Dustin May didn't know he was pitching in one game until like a few hours before the game started. Correct.
0: Correct. And, now, that was injury-related, but yes, it,
2: but you're right. It was injury-related, true. Nonetheless, he's already processing life in the big leagues um, as quickly as he possibly can because he's on a team that doesn't really have a lot of time for you to grow. Ask Gavin Lux about that. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, you don't know when you're actually going to come in. You know, you don't know if you're starting. You don't know if you're relief. You don't know when you're coming in in relief. You don't even know if you're going to close. Right. And, you know, I've never been a big league pitcher, but I have been an employee. And I know how unsettling it is when you don't know what your employer wants from you. Correct. Correct. Yeah. (laughs) So when I look at these young people, I'm like, You know, no wonder, no wonder, you know, May can't keep his face together because he's probably, like, processing everything all at once. In real time. In real time because everything all at once is happening to him in real time.
0: Yeah, for sure. David and Glendale. What's up, David?
4: Hey, guys. I hope you're doing well. Um, I've been listening to you guys ever since the morning show.
0: I love you guys. Thank you, buddy. Thank you, brother. Uh, uh, And uh, I – Listening to all these radio shows, I haven't uh, got a chance to hear anybody talk about this, but a few guys noticed the Lakers went to the, the finals 32 times, 32nd time and won it. Uh, the Dodgers haven't been in the uh, World Series si- series for uh, the last 32 years, and Magic Johnson was number 32. Ooh, I love the numerology aspect of all of this. Go ahead, yes. And both he had at hand in both teams. Yeah. So I think it's been a magical year for both teams. Yeah. And that's why LA Championship is going to be in there. David, are you Latino? Yes. Yeah, we believe in all this numerology no, Armenian. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. What, what kind of Latino okay. are you? Mexican? No, 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 I'm Armenian. Oh, oh, Armenian! Oh, ar- do Armenians believe in numerology oh, too? Because yeah, the yeah. Latino people, we believe in all that stuff. Oh, ah, yeah. oh yeah, of course. Yeah. All right. Thank you, David. Appreciate yeah, it, buddy. Take-, t- take care. Thanks, sir. Take Laura. Right? I'm. am not. Uh, we we love all this numerology stuff.
4: One hundred percent. I love the numerology stuff. Yeah. It's my jam.
0: Yeah. Clio, I didn't know Armenian Latino? people were into numerology too. So I mean, but yeah, I mean, uh, that's why I asked
2: this Hispanic first. <laughs> Wasn't Miss Cleo Latino too? She was Haitian.
4: Haitian, I think.
2: Yeah, I know. For your free. I will Google and... it. Yeah, I think she was Haitian. You know, um, but she you... was she probably just from Brooklyn with a fake accent. Close enough, you know exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Make it work for her.
0: <laughs> she probably was. <laughs> I was like, this is... <laughs> Do you remember Miss Cleo? Though, yes, come on, I mean, dog. Was... That lady was
2: raking it in for a while. Because the, the the accent was just so precise, it Call was. Me she down nailed for it. your free for your free read, and and I'm like, that sounds. Oh, it says boring. she was born in L.A. Laura says. See, there we go. See, I knew there was something with the accent. It was just a little too. It was too good. Good. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah,
0: it does say she was born in L.A. Died in Palm Beach County, Florida.
2: No. Oh. You know, God rest her soul.
0: God rest her soul. Clint Yates is going to join us. We will talk to him in just a moment. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play.
4: Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
0: Oh, is that Clinton Yates' music I hear? Real. Man. That's when you know it's real. You I got your exactly own theme like music when you come on the show. I like it. This <laughs> is, this, so What is the um? what is the emotion that this song triggers in you?
3: So the emotion that this song triggers in me is that, and you know this well, both of you know this well, there becomes a certain point in your life when you get exposed on a certain level where you are still yourself. When people see you in these streets because they hear so much of one on the radio or see so much of you on TV, they think they know you. And therefore, they don't necessarily know how to act right. And sometimes you got to let them know, when you see me in the streets, Shouty, you don't know me. (laughs) <laughs> it's cool. I'm a nice person. <laughs> I can I communicate like a decent individual. But don't forget, yeah. you don't know me. Yeah, uh, we didn't know Miss Cleo either. Did you know Miss Cleo? So I knew Miss Cleo a little bit back when I was in high school in the '90s. Miss Cleo was a fantastic personality that used to cut across the tastes of everybody in the grade. I remember in our senior lounge, I went to school where we had one of those. Basically, there were three things that mattered to everybody: video games. Jerry Springer and Goldman now. Yeah. yeah. Love her,
2: man. Goldman <laughs> now. She and was, they called her.
0: Yeah, they did. Oh, yeah. They, they did. So she was she's a Catholic Caribbean born family, LZ. That was how she was raised. Um so uh you know that's was like
2: G- That's like when you talk to black people and they tell you that their great 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 grandmother was an Indian. See, Cherokee, I knew you were going to say that. Because you know. I, I knew you were going to say that. That's, that's, what we do. That's, that's what we do. That's what we do. That's messed up.
3: For those of us of said heritage, and I can tell you it's for real because you look at my skin during the summer, you can tell that it's red and I have zero hair on my arms.
2: I don't appreciate
3: that. You know I'm we do around. that.
2: We do that all the time. <laughs> all very the time. That's so exactly right. So yeah. many Elizabeth Warrens running around here.
0: Yeah. Miss Cleo's <laughs> real name, Yuri Del Harris. It was Del right. Harris? Yeah. She coached the Lakers for a while? She did. Shaq and Kobe, and then Phil pushed her out the door. Weird. Yeah. Uh, How do you feel? Now, again, and I say this because this has been the overriding theme of today's show. Um, I say this understanding the reasoning, but how do you feel, Clinton Yates, Mm -hmm. a baseball savant, an aficionado, about
3: the bullpen game game? in the World Series? So I think that you are not adding one qualifier, perhaps two, that's really necessary. Mm -hmm. And number one is game two. And the reason why game two is a necessary qualifier is because of the air quotes travel day afterward. You've been playing a bunch of games. You've been taxing your bullpen in the previous series that not only was played in so many consecutive days, but also went seven games. If you can find a way, To just get some arms rested before the rest day, you know, and you're going up against their ace and maybe give yourself a chance to win, it's worth a shot if you're up 1-0. If you're down 1-0, absolutely not. But in this particular situation, and I was explaining this on Around the Horn earlier today... It took a couple things on top of the fact that it didn't necessarily turn out to be a great start from the staff standpoint in order for the Rays to win this game. Let's not forget about the double play that Kike Hernandez should have had that didn't happen. Let's also not forget about Choi singling after a ball that should have been called a strike was not. He ends up coming around the score and they keep moving the line. There were a couple different things where you thought... The Dodgers were still in this game, even if nobody necessarily thought that they were going to win at any particular point. And I don't have a problem with the bullpen game in that situation. You can set up your staff going forward. It was a worthy risk. It didn't work out. I'm fine with it from Doc.
2: You know, I'm similarly optimistic, Clinton. Like, I was like, I had to stay up and watch the entire game. Mm. They rolled out their best pitcher, who just went to Cy Young two years ago. We rolled out everybody who we don't want starting, (laughs) basically. And we were in the game. Like if yeah. I'm if I'm a Rays fan, I'm freaking out. You know, that should have been a blowout game. And instead, you're you gotta use your arms until the end.
3: Yeah, but ultimately, LZ, they won the game. And I think what's most important about that also is that Lau also got off the schneid. He was one of their best hitters, even as a second baseman, all throughout the season, the short season, you know, that being said, but he was nothing. In the playoffs. And for him to not just hit two bombs, but just to get his confidence back, I think that's what you lean on if you're the Rays. And you just sort of say, hey, Snell started, Snell won, or sorry, rather, the Rays won the game. Everything else after that, you're just going to have to deal with because you're outmatched in general from a talent standpoint.
0: So, Clinton, I I call game three the double revenge game because you obviously need to avenge the loss that you just had. But also, it's Charlie Morton from the stinking cheating Astros who's on the mound. Um, who claimed he never heard garbage cans. Um, What kind of an emotion do you think goes into that one based on who's on the mound on the other side?
3: You know, I don't say this a lot, and I don't even necessarily know that if I have said it before how much I believed it, but in this particular case, this is a slight fabrication and overplay from a media standpoint. I don't think that this Dodgers team, in the context of everything that's happened this season, or rather, let me say it this way. I don't think it's a smart motivation to make game three about Charlie Morton. I I just don't. This team is too good. There were too many things that have happened differently for the Dodgers to be having to worry about a raised guy from a situation two years ago. This is what we washed our sins of by dealing with Joe Kelly, okay? You already had your blow up embarrassment. Please, God, don't make a scene in the World Series. That is not what this is for. There are larger goals for this team. That said, of course it matters. You know what I'm saying? Guys are going to remember that. There's going to be a little chirping, but this is another situation in which if a team is better than another team, if you get caught up in that nonsense, you're giving the squad that you're playing against another shot. I would not make this a priority if I'm Roberts in terms of a discussion point going forward. I really wouldn't. The Dodgers are too good for that crap, and it's a different squad. It's years later. It's a neutral site. It's oddball. You need this. Stay focused.
2: In addition to the fact, and I agree with you 100%. In fact, I damn near to the exact same thing. But I will also add an additional point, which is you also don't need to remind the guys who this picture is. <laughs> like, right. they know themselves. And so there's no need to make that part of your presentation to get the guys focused before game three. They all know who he is. More importantly, they all know how dangerous he is. Yeah,
4: because totally we can agree.
2: talk about the, the trash cans and all of that, but he's the one that came in what was in the 6th inning in Dodger Stadium game 7 in the World Series and shut out a prolific offense.
3: Yeah, that happened, you know. They don't need any more motivation. If you need to be thinking about what Charlie Morton was doing 2 years ago to get up for the World Series this year right now after losing a game, George, not nah, be. That's not that's that's not what we're looking for as the kids would say. We do not like to see it.
0: Uh, Clinton Let's hold you over for the next segment because I want to ask you about some trends. Maybe you're seeing through two games that are sticking out to you one way or another. Uh, So we'll do that with Clinton on the other side.
4: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S A V E go to Jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you again, try jets signature eight corner pizza and get $5 off with code eight. Save. That's the number eight S A V E jets pizza better because it has to be.
0: Jadon LZ with you here, our buddy Clinton Yates stopping by for his weekly appearance. Alex Rodriguez is going to join us in 15 minutes. A rod will join us to talk some baseball as well. We've been talking plenty of baseball with Clinton And Clinton, a couple of things, Mm -hmm. so wanted to ask you about some trends that maybe you're seeing in this series, whether it's the Dodgers or the Rays, things that through two games, and again, it's only a couple of games, but just some things that have stood out to you that are like, hmm, that's interesting.
3: The shifts and the balls played into them have been very important. There have been a couple of balls played against them that has been interesting. I just feel like normally when you watch a lot of baseball games, you see the shifts a lot, but... They don't necessarily come into play as much as you think because that's kind of how the averages work. But I feel like it's been much more noticeable in terms of just, you know, the leverage of the situation and where guys are going and who's fielding what. That's one thing. And as a result, as a I'd say a corollary, the other thing has been the base running in this series. You know, um, that actually dates back to the CS as well, is that I just feel like there's been a smarter level of base running in both of these series from teams that are just, you know, trying to do their best. We saw against the Braves how they botched that situation where Turner made the great play oh on the tag and turned around. You know, it's it's amazing how and maybe this is just because I'm a sort of a base running nerd. I talk about base running Twitter all the time. But it's amazing how well a team that knows what they're doing on the base paths prevents themselves from making mistakes mistakes, and then also adds opportunities that would not necessarily always be there and stolen bases are not all base running is about people understand that so for example in game seven when Max Muncy took that extra bag and there was that controversial so to speak slide into the plate that added them a little extra run that was money and even though Mookie Betts stole two bags in the fifth in game one that ball where he reads it off the bat going to first and he scores on that that is an incredible play You know what I'm saying? And that's the kind of stuff that puts pressure on teams and adds a certain level of strategy and, you know, just, I don't even know, just acceleration to the game that I I really like. And those are a couple things I've noticed, George.
2: You know what I have really enjoyed this postseason? Falling in love with the complete baseball player again. Like, Mookie Betts is so complete. Oh, yeah. And no matter what he does, I find myself just wanting to see it. And it's been a while, I don't think since maybe Griffey, that I have felt this way. You know, normally at this point now, either because of analytics or just simply because of the optics, you know, we're so consumed with home runs that we don't really spend a great deal of time looking at the other aspects of the game, or at least it isn't emphasized in our coverage. But with Mookie, I just find myself... You know, like whether he's in the outfield or at the plate, whether he's on base, whether he's just talking to people. Like I find myself just wanting to see what he does next.
3: Well, let, let me let me say this, and this is something, George. I want to get your thoughts on. If I asked you who the best five all-around players in the National League were, you might say Bellinger. Right. You might say mm-hmm. Chris Taylor. Yeah. You might say Course Eager. And then after all that, you'd say Mookie Betts was at the top. And that, LZ, is what is so crazy about this squad, and particularly about Mookie in terms of his skill set and how it relates to everybody else. They got a bunch of guys who are all around beasts, and Mookie is still head and shoulders above the rest of them, and that's not a knock on anybody. It's just amazing how he's maximized 5'9", 170. I'm 5'10", 170. You know what I'm saying? I like this. You know what I mean? He is the kind of ball player that just makes you want to like the game more, not just his team and not just himself. I'm in 100% agreement with you, Elsie.
0: How do you feel about the series overall? We didn't ask you that, you know, because we haven't spoken to you in a while. Like what are your thoughts on how this series would play out? Like what was your prediction for this particular series?
3: So, I thought this was going to be a sweep. And and I don't say that with any sort of, you know, tongue in cheek or anything like that. I just thought the Dodgers were going to figure this out. <clears throat> excuse me. And click. And the Rays just weren't going to have enough. Now, that being said, I think every reasonable person thought that if there was a game the Rays were going to win in the series, it was going to be game two with Blake Snell or whatever game it were that he started. And I think that also gets back to your previous question, George, about why you go with the bullpen game in that scenario, because you're most likely, you know, to if you're going to get the best shot from their best pitcher, That's probably going to be the game they're going to win, and you don't mind losing that one, so to speak. And so Mm. for me, this series is not out of hand. I I wouldn't be worried at all if I'm Dodgers fans. You lost a game. This happens. It was a relatively garden-variety game in the context of World Series play. And so I'm not too worried about it. I still think that the Dodgers are the head and shoulders above team, and you saw the best of their best in the World Series in Game 1. And if they can find a way to get back to that and actually hit the ball, I think they'll be fine.
0: I agree. You know what's interesting about Mookie and Bergman brought this up earlier, which is Mookie's kind of like the Steph Curry of baseball in some ways. Um, you know, he's he's. I mean, I guess there's more of these guys in baseball where it's yeah. like you know they look like regular dudes, right? They're not you know six six, <laughs> you right. know like behemoth like, humans, right? Like football players and basketball players generally. Um, but yeah, like I just think that 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 makes you more relatable with more more people
3: I think. I 100% agree and that's yeah. something that Mookie knows. I've talked to him about this, you know? It's a thing where he understands. He's a star for a different reason on a baseball level than a lot of other guys are. And people want to compare him to Mike Trout and all this other stuff, and it's like, dude, Mike Trout is a hoss with gigantic shoulders, massive forearms, yeah. a thick neck, you know what I'm saying? And obviously was built to mash baseballs into the five freeway. You know, that is clear. Mookie Pets looks like a brother who might be bagging groceries down there at Ralph's and that would be fine, you know what I'm saying? But on top of that, he's a great ball player as well as a great leader. You can tell the difference in the swag in this team, George. Am I wrong on this? And that's where the base running and these kind of things, it's not just the snags in the outfield. It's not just the rockets to the wall. It's just his whole demeanor to me has changed what I believe the championship medal of this squad is. You heard Dave Roberts say, he's made me a better manager. That's all I need to hear to know that he's a difference maker on this team.
2: Yeah, especially in terms of the attitude. You know, to your point, Clinton, I never felt as if, like, I thought Cody was growing into it, particularly last season, this vocal demonstrative leader that sometimes a team needs to shake it out of his funk, but Mookie has it in spades, man. He just drips and oozes this infectious energy, and I find myself looking at this team totally differently than I did 12 months ago, even though there have been minor tweaks to his rotation. Well Greg am I wrong? That's what a that's what a ring brings, you know? Do you feel that as a fan fan in this
3: situation?
1: Yeah, no, I absolutely do. This is every it, you're absolutely right. And I I just think that Mookie Betts is that the type of guy that can do everything for this city and for the game itself. And if he brings a ring here, all of a sudden you got all of LA, people outside with Mookie Betts jerseys and like I want to play baseball. It changes everything.
3: Yeah. yeah.
0: Real quick, Clint, before I let you go, yep. um, not a great free agent crop in the NBA, but the Lakers are certainly going to have decisions to make on their own guys, but probably want to add somebody. They've got the mid-level to work with. Um, who would you like to see them add out of the guys who are available? Who's
3: on this list? Refresh me right quick because I have been so deep uh, into Danilo baseball. Danilo Gallinari
0: is probably uh, like a, a guy that's out there that has uh, said he wants to win as opposed to making $20 million. Uh, like I don't okay. know if I buy that, but... Look, the, you're talking about A.D., Fred Van Vliet, which I don't think, the, you know, obviously the Lakers will keep A.D., but Fred Van Vliet is not going to be someone they are going to be able to get because he's going to make a lot of money. Um, you know, the rest of those guys are just guys, like, I think. You know what I mean? Like, they're they're nice players, right? The Aaron Baines of the Oof, world, right? Like, man. guys like that.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I look. I'm not going to lie. I don't have this list in front of me, and I just, quite frankly, haven't been thinking about it. But I think the other thing here too is that this draft class ain't great either. Right. You know, it's not something that everybody is necessarily breaking the door down to mm. get anybody for. So, how know, about look, Jay look, Crowder? Jay Crowder, okay. I, I don't hate that. Gives you a little muscle on the inside. Maybe you change up who you have in terms of your ladder rotation. Does that mean you get rid of a Morris? How does that work? I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I Jeremy really Grant
2: is available. Mm-hmm. I like Jeremy Grant.
3: Jeremy Grant's not a bad player. I guess what my point is, is that in a year in which the free agent class is not that great, a year in which you're off schedule in terms of when you're coming back, a year in which the draft class is not necessarily that great, and you won the title as the number one seed in the West, yo, dog, I'm not making any changes super quickly. There's no need. That's yeah. really just how I feel. That's the whole point of winning it all. AD's likely going to get better, and who knows what the next season is going to bring in terms of everything from a training camp standpoint on. I don't, I'm not beating the door down for any of this nonsense if I'm the Lakers right
0: now. All right. Our buddy Clint Yates, check him out every Thursday here with us on the show. Check out his work at the Undefeated as well. Thank you, sir. Anytime, guys. Thank you, Brian. All right, Take care. So A-Rod's supposed to join us in the next five or ten minutes, so we will talk baseball with him. But 9-on-LZ so with you here, final hour of the program. You're listening to KSB in Los Angeles. Alex Rodriguez set to join us here in the next few minutes. So we will talk to A-Rod about the Dodgers and Rays through two games. Uh, what You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo. Play it safe. Good times. LZ, speaking of the World Series, have you seen this insane two-foot hot dog called the Boomstick Ugh. that they are selling at Globe Life Field in the World Series?
2: Yeah, I saw it. And every time it pops up on my television, I run to the bathroom.
0: I mean, it it is a lot. It's two feet long. It's supposed to feed a family of five um, which I don't know if it's safe during COVID to be sharing food. I mean, I don't know. I mean, Whatever. if you're it's already a family together, it's I a family, guess, but... right?
2: Exactly. It's yeah. the cheese, though, right? When you see there's them cheese, pull... there's it's... jalapenos, there's disgusting. onions. Yes, there's a lot. i <laughs> just like, I'm not eating that.
0: Well, but here's the thing: I'm not a huge hot dog person to begin with. Like, honestly, like I may have two hot dogs a year, which is basically the two times I go to a Dodger game.
2: Two times a year. I may have it more than that because of the Dodgers normally, but it is literally the only place where I eat hot dogs is Dodger Stadium. Bergman, hot dogs? Are you big on hot dogs?
1: Only a Dodger dog, and it's like one, maybe two, and that's it. Refuse otherwise. A game? N- yes. Oh. so No, but I, I'm, not a, I'm not a hot dog guy otherwise.
2: Do you guys put ketchup on your hot dogs? I do, and mustard.
1: Yeah. Ketchup, mustard, onions.
2: No onions for me. Onions. No, no ketchup for me. Hmm. It was a nice debate on Twitter. Close to
1: Chicago. Yeah, it's a Chicago thing.
2: Yeah, yeah, we don't. Yeah, we, uh, yeah you
1: don't lived there for a long time. I did, it, I did. But I didn't, Westerners.
2: Do, I didn't really do ketchup before then either, before I got to Chicago. It was just like, yeah, it's all right. Yeah. yeah. Laura, hot dog? See? No?
4: Only at Dodger Stadium. No. That's it. Yeah. Can't do it otherwise. Would you hit, eat,
0: try to eat the two foot one, though? No, so I guess no, right?
4: Hell no. That's yeah, nasty. No, nice.
0: Ooh, I almost it's cursed. So
4: disgusting.
1: I
0: almost cursed. I was like,
3: shh, 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 so I was weird. ready with
1: that dumb bud, too. <laughs> I that's literally exactly said that.
0: When you said that's nasty, I almost repeated that with the shh, 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 before that. shoo shh, shh. Uh, uh, so give, anyway. Give me a brat. I'm, yeah, I'd I'm much rather something like that. They're tastier.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I did have, uh, just uh, to be very LA, uh, the last time I was at a Dodger game, which was now, it feels like a bazillion years ago, which was uh, the last playoffs.
2: Or game um, five against Washington.
0: I don't know if it was Game five, but yeah. I I was in that series. I had the um, the whatever Beyond or, or Impossible. Oh, the beyond Meat? Uh, yeah, sausage. Yeah. I had it. They had it at Dodger Stadium, and I bought one. It wasn't bad.
2: No, no I'm a I'm a big Beyond Meat guy. I love yeah. that stuff. Yeah,
0: but I had the one at Dodger Stadium. It wasn't bad. I was actually kind of impressed. Uh, next, Rob Manfred LZ. We touched on this briefly yesterday. A, he is in on a 16-team playoff beyond this season, and he likes the extra-inning rule. Now, the extra-inning rule is the player on second base to start the extra-inning. However, he does feel that it should only be during the regular season like they did this past season. How do you feel?
2: I really don't like the extra-innings rule. Like, I'll work with you on the 16-teams, but the extra-inning rule where you start on second, I just, No. You no, know, it feels like Little League to me with, you know, like we have to set you up to be successful because you can't be successful otherwise.
0: Yeah, you know, it, I didn't like it at all at first, but it did grow on me because I did watch it happen in a couple of Dodger games during this regular season and some of the other games that I was watching during the regular season, and it did add a layer of excitement. Now, Greg, I know you were super anti this rule. Did it grow on you?
1: I am totally fine with it. I actually enjoyed it in the in – the- in the games that the Dodgers were in. I'm I'm for it. Go ahead and use it during the regular season. Make the games faster.
0: Yeah, it, it was one of those things where I, I, I was very, very, very opposed to it early on. Laura, what about you?
1: I'm game. I like I enjoy it.
0: Yeah, but what about the 16-team playoff? Is that too much?
1: Get it out of here. Get that thing out of here. Ah, there Get he is. Goes. There you go. There he, he is.
2: There's off. Dodger expert Greg Bergman.
1: Well, come, I mean, listen to why – the Astros and it doesn't matter who the Astros should not and the Brewers at the same time should not have been in a in the playoffs. At twenty-nine and thirty-one, a losing record should not get you into the playoffs, and that's what will happen if you keep the sixteen games. The right, sixteen I mean, teams. I don't
2: understand this appeal about diluting your product to make your product better.
1: Well, he, here's what I would say.
0: And, and I will I will make the argument for it, and and this is the I, I don't say I necessarily agree with it, but I understand it. And it's the same thing with football, how they've added another wild card because it keeps more fans in different cities interested. And the more people that are interested means, in theory, more people are watching your games. So I think that's the logic, at least, behind it.
2: I get it. Money. Right. I get it. But at a certain point, you know, the outdoor rug bowl in college just doesn't seem to have right, any but weight no, but, the bowl <laughs> but games, that's exactly the, the same thing there's you know? like 40 of them yeah like 40 but it, bowl it games. started the slippery slope right where it's like let's keep more people engaged let's keep more fans engaged in college football more bowls more bowls more bowls and now you have seven and seven teams or like teams with losing records playing in bowl games and godforsaken cities and you're just like what is this
0: yeah i i don't know i mean i i, I think that's a, the, the bowl game stuff goes a little too far but the 16 game it's going to stick around. Like, if he's saying that out loud, it seems fairly certain to me that it's going to happen, right? Like, the owners aren't going to be opposed to that.
2: Yeah, they've already had conversations and already said, yeah, we like this. That was just, you know, kicking the tires to see what fan response is going to be to it. That's all that was. They've already discussed it.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure that they've already discussed it. I don't think there's any question. Um, So, (laughs) uh, Bergman, you brought up the stuff with the losing record, though. How much of that is just the Astros? Because you brought up the Brewers, but I feel like you did that gratuitously so we wouldn't just be on your Astros thing here.
1: If the Astros were, like, were way below 500 or if they were even way above 500, it wouldn't change anything. I would have still said there's no reason that the Brewers are supposed to be in this right now with a losing record. I don't want to see any losing record team in a playoff, period. It's just, it just doesn't make any sense. Now, the 16 teams, maybe you will drop down to 14 and those two teams don't get in. Maybe it drops down to like 12 to still keep it a little bit bigger, but 16 is too many.
0: Okay, fair enough. A couple more things here on what you need to know. Um, the Raiders have placed five on the reserve COVID-19 list, all five starting offensive linemen. What do you have to say about your team, Greg Bergman? <laughs>
1: I mean, they win every game anyway, so it doesn't matter. They're gonna.
0: Oh, be just look at you getting cocky! Wow.
2: They're like, th- what are they? Three? Are they three and two?
1: Yeah, something like that.
2: I are the Oakland Raiders, <laughs> like not the Raiders. Well, they're yeah, it's, it's bad. Yeah. They're, they're,
1: doing they're doing some they're dumb bad. stuff anyway with the Rona. Like Darren Waller, who's a great player, is just—he's doing stupid things too. It, it's a problem. Yeah,
0: and the awful uh, Thursday night football game. Just to give you an update here, real quick. Uh, it's all even at seven apiece at the beginning of the second quarter. So, all right, that's what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo, our friends at Morongo, of course. Played safe, good times. So Alex Rodriguez said to join us here in a few moments. Let's go to the phones, though. We got people holding on patiently like Mitch is on a mobile. What's up, Mitch?
4: How's it going, guys? Uh, it's been a long time. Hope everybody's being safe, healthy. Yes, sir, sure. you too. LV, I like your articles in the paper, LA Times.
2: Thanks, brother. I uh, like subscribe.
4: Yeah, I subscribe to it. If you hook up with New York Times, you can do both, and, and
2: the show, let me know. Um, <laughs> we'll let you know. I don't think the Clippers – Clippers and Dodgers. Clippers, is there a way to get Chris Paul and not give up their main stars? And I want to see him re-sign them. Uh, the
0: Clippers, you're
2: saying? Clippers.
0: Yeah, I, I think thank that it's maybe? been tossed around, Mitch. Um, and, and thank you for the call. Um, that stuff's been tossed around, LZ. I don't know how – I mean, look, there's a lot of things you have to sort through there. At least Doc's not part of the team anymore. You know what I mean? So that 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 kind of is out the door. But, um, you know, he, they would have to kind of reconcile. There is that.
2: I mean, the question is, you know, does Chris Paul want to go back?
0: Right. I think no. he would want to be in L.A. I think that there is a sentiment that that is the case.
2: But if given his druthers, wouldn't he rather be a Laker?
0: Oh, for sure. I'm sure he'd much rather be a Laker.
2: Yeah, I, I just, I don't know. Sometimes, you know, you break up with your ex for a reason. Yeah. And, you know, you might let a little time go by and you see them on Instagram. And you go, oh, yeah, I remember them. Oh, man, I should give them a call. But you got to remind yourself why you broke up in the first place.
0: Right, for sure, for sure. Jamil is it Pasadena. What's up, Jamil?
4: Yeah, hey, hey, guys. Hey, George and LZ. Um, I'm a Dodger fan, obviously, and I'm pulling for them in the World Series, but I wanted to share what scares me about this series and the Rays. And it's the Rays bullpen. Uh, no matter how well uh, the Dodger starters do, we have to turn it over to the bullpen. And the bull- I don't know who they turn to in the bullpen that they can rely on to get outs. The Rays, on the other hand, if they're leading after five or six, I mean, that's going to be really, really tough for the Dodgers to overcome. Well, go ahead, Elsie. Sorry,
2: I I will simply say this: did we did we see the bullpen in Game One?
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, we saw it a little bit.
2: All right, then I'm good. Right, (laughs) you know, like I remember way back when we faced the Brewers, and it was like, oh my God, wait till you face the bullpen, and it was a seven game series. So I'm not trying to pretend as if it wasn't scary. But at the end of the day, you know, there is a thing about bullpens that are somewhat inconsistent. Even the best can have rough nights or two. And when the best is playing the best offense, those rough nights are much more prevalent. So I hear what he's saying, and the ERA from the regular season is a large sample size. But to me, when you look at that offense that the Dodgers present, hitter after hitter, batter after batter there are no breaks there's no relief yeah so i'm not as worried about it i'm just not all right well we'll, too deep
0: i i'm listen i I think the dodgers are the overwhelming favorite here so they should win this fairly easily uh in the sense of they should win it in five or six games um but i i I just don't want i hate giving games away and that's what it feels like and we'll talk to a rod about it uh when he joins us here hopefully shortly here in the next few minutes